0: Hello, and welcome to EPA Region 2's podcast, where we talk about environmental issues in New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the eight Indian nations within the boundaries of New York State. I'm Shireen Kendall, and I work in our Public Affairs Division. Today I'm joined by Renee Rickard Printup of the Tuscarora Nation. Welcome, Renee, and thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, t- um, t- or Renee so, yes, um, my name is Renee rickard Printup, and um, my, what I said is my clan is BEAR, and I work, I live at the Tuscarora Indian Nation, and um, I work for the Tuscarora Environment Program, but it, we're also part of the Haudenosaunee Environmental Task Force and I've been working with Tuscar Environment for about 20 years.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, may I ask you, why is it important for federal agencies to collaborate and be in partnership with Indian nations?
1: Oh yeah, that's um, that's a really great question. And so, you know, looking back and thinking about all my work over the past 20 years, I, I think that the most important thing is is that we are neighbors, mm-hmm. and so You know, working with EPA, and most Indian nations comment we have a common goal of, you know, taking care of Mother Earth and um, restoring it and helping that we maintain Mother Earth for the future generations. So I think that it's important that, you know, Indian nations and federal agencies look at their goals and then see where we can strategize to work together on, you know, similar issues. So I think that would be definitely a very important thing.
0: Oh, for sure. Can you tell me what the most important aspect or piece of advice that federal agencies should consider when working with Indian nations?
1: Yeah, you know, and that that's, we see this sometimes. Uh, we actually see it a lot where, you know, um, the federal agencies have this consultation policy where it's a check the box of, like, you've reached out and you've sent a letter to Indian nations that might have an interest in certain you know, areas. But a lot of times, um, Indian nations feel that um, we would want more quality and meaningful consultation. Mm. And we definitely want to be brought to the table sooner rather than later, because our views are definitely going to be a little bit different than maybe a federal agency's views or even a community surrounding some of the Indian nations, you know, mm. Aboriginal territories so I think one of the most important things federal agencies can do is to look at, you know, Indian nations that might be involved and to bring them up to the table at a, you know, at a, at a
0: early enough time, earlier yeah, than yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely I, I wonder if I could ask you a question that just comes up right now, so I used to work in the, in D.C. With, in the International and Tribal Office mm-hmm. and a lot of what was discussed or brought up was uh, traditional ecological knowledge yes. um, and the importance of that. Is that something you can talk about a little bit, if I oh, ask definitely. you? Oh, um, uh,
1: definitely. Okay. Some of our traditional environmental knowledge is, um been given to us, you know, hundreds, even thousands of years ago. And, you know, a lot of our Indian nations still follow and live by some of the, this knowledge definitely. on sometimes day-to-day basis, sometimes, you know, even um, yearly or you know monthly, but definitely um, traditional environmental knowledge, what we're, where we're seeing it come to light even more now is definitely in climate change. Mm. You know, some of the prophecies that have been given to us hundreds of years ago by our ancestors and elders, to see some of this happening now and even in my lifetime Mm. is is pretty alarming um i would have never i you know i never would have thought that we'd be seeing the trees die the way that they were told in our prophecies or you know even if you think back to the 1800s when um we had a prophecy come through the haudenosaunee Confederacy, and you know they were told that the water would burn and if you kind of think about that like we always knew that water would put fire out but to see it burning which yeah. has happened now yeah. is you know very alarming so that is definitely some of the stuff that you know I can talk about and see within my program I'm trying to help our people you know make change make changes to climate change
0: yeah I mean it's it's amazing just how much of that knowledge is so important for our work at, at the federal agency uh, can you tell us a personal story about how an EPA program or the partnership in general has had an impact on your life
1: um, the very first founding thing, foundation for HETF or the Haudenosaunee Environmental Task Force, the first partnership with EPA back in the, you know, the late 90s, you know, as labeled as a consortium, um, we weren't allowed to get gap funding.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it was Region 2 that went in, went to D.C. and, you know, kind of lobbied and said, no, you need to allow consortiums to be able to get funding because some of these Indian nations are not going to take The funding as an individual indian nation so once that was changed and we were um, hhf was allowed to take gap funding we were then able to you know i was able to come back and work within my community which is very important you know and specifically work on solid waste issues here at tuscarora Mm -hmm. you know that has been something that we been dealing with for a very long time and so to be able to be that example for even my own daughter working you know working and living in my community and trying to make a change has been a very personal thing for me and trying to just be the example within our community um, and so solid waste has been one of the, the biggest things that we've been working on over the past 20 years on okay. trying to get you know some dump sites cleaned up and just handling illegal dumping you know that's that's been a big thing you know within our territory i mean
0: it's it's almost
1: like a weekly thing for us where we'll find things dumped alongside the road and we have to you know clean it up and you know personally I, i look at it in our culture and how we talk about keeping a good mind and so when I looked at people dumping in their territory and realizing that my community members were driving by something that was dumped alongside the road mm-hmm. and how it would make them upset and make them angry, that I had to, we had to respond to it. And, you know, we work closely with the EPA, but we also work with New York State, D.C.,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: on illegal dumping. So solid waste has probably been the biggest thing that... Um, I've been trying to keep track of and going back to, you know, just being that example for my my own daughter and letting her see that we're trying to make a change in our community.
0: Absolutely. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, well, thank you so much. It was wonderful speaking with you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us your story. For more information on our topic today, you can visit our website at www.epa.gov backslash region two or www.epa.gov backslash tribal. Again, my name is Shereen Kendall, and thanks for listening today. Stay tuned for our next episode. If there's a particular environmental topic you want to hear about, tweet us at EPA Region 2, hashtag podcast.